Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. They're trying to destroy him, but it is not working. President Trump's mugshot taken less than an hour ago while he was in custody in Fulton County, Georgia. What do you see in this picture? What do you see there? I see a couple of things. The definition of injustice, number one, this should not be happening, and everybody knows it. I also see courage. I really do, and I see a fighter. And I see someone they're trying to destroy, but they are only making him stronger. This is backfiring on them wildly. The fourth, the fourth arrest, right? Look at the polls. This is astonishing. And this, for them, is a nightmare, all right? They went with the nuclear option, and it's helping him 62%. This is from CBS for Donald Trump. Look at that. Four, I mean, this is unimaginable. I, it's incredible. He's beating Joe Biden now. Joe Biden in a matchup by eight points. This is wild. These are wild times, of course. So it seems like he's still president in some ways, right? The big plane, the motorcade, bringing him to jail. Um, it's no longer surreal. It's no longer um, all that uncommon, right? We're used to it. People actually talk about other things during the day. We've, it doesn't shock us anymore. They may be killing themselves over there on MSNBC and CNN, trying to make this, trying to shake our confidence, right? Trying to shake his confidence, perhaps. But they don't know who they're messing with. <laughs> they are messing with the wrong people, us and the wrong president, him, in my opinion. Once again, there he is in custody. So he was really only there, I think, for maybe 25 minutes. We expect to speak with him very shortly. He took off... Uh, I'm guessing maybe 20 minutes ago from Atlanta. And you know what? All the trappings of the presidency he still has and the prosecutors, the Democrats, the haters out there, uh, Joe Biden, they hate this because they're reminded of just how much he has apart from them. He didn't need the presidency for Air Force One for the, for the perks. He had all of that stuff already. Now, this is the heart of their case, the Georgia case, right? Do you hear a crime here? What universe could they say that this phone call is a crime? I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. He did need 11,000 votes, and it's okay to say that. If you're running for election and you don't like the results and you suspect something, you're allowed to call up public officials and complain and yell and shout a little bit, although he didn't even shout. This is, I mean, it's sad. It's tragic. It's also comical. And somehow it's inspiring, isn't it? Somehow, if he could put up with this, what can we put up with in our own lives, right? We all face crises from time to time. Nothing on that scale.
So whatever problems we're having, I think we can I think we can manage. I'm joined now by Senator Tommy Tuberville, Republican of Alabama, who's been waging a heroic fight on Capitol Hill over uh, abortion and the Pentagon. We'll get to that in a moment, sir. But first, Senator, first of all, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Greg, I'm doing great. What do you think of all this? You heard some of my comments, maybe. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit all over the place. I'm, I'm done being shocked, though, even though it's still kind of shocking. What are you thinking tonight about President Trump and, and these matters? You know, Greg, even if you're a Democrat or independent and obviously a Republican, uh, if you care anything about this country, you should have the same look on your face that President Trump just had on his face during his mugshot. This is a disgrace to him the next president of the United States, which will be him, a disgrace to the taxpayers of this country, and a disgrace to a country that's made it 247 years without this kind of shenanigans happening. It just is disrespectful, and it just shows you what the Democrats are doing. They're weaponizing everything they possibly can to bring this president down, to keep the Republicans from gaining control again, because they know when we gain control, their shenanigans and their circus is over with, and they're going to do everything they possibly can. So hopefully this this just energizes everybody across the country, even Democrats, to say, listen, enough's enough. Let's take our country back. These people are not Democrats that are running this country right now. They're activists. They're socialists. They want to change this country, and we're not going to allow them to do it. So that picture, one more time, the mugshot, um, I agree. And you know, I, I feel like this is going to be iconic. It's already iconic. I think we're going to be seeing this on hats and mugs and T-shirts. And it could make uh, the campaign, the pack, I don't know, a lot of money. I, uh, I think it's actually it's going to work out in his favor. And that is kind of interesting in life. You know, sometimes the worst thing happens, yet beautiful things result. God works that way sometimes, I believe, Senator. It, it really does. And, 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 of course, they're trying to put President Trump in a, in a bad light for people that, that really like President Trump. But... Most people have enough common sense to understand what's going on. I've seen President Trump with that look a couple of times playing golf with him when he's missed a putt or, or, or I beat him in a round of golf. But uh, th this is serious here. And even, even though there's nothing to this, it still takes a lot out of a person to have to fight this. But he's not fighting this alone. He's going to have people all over this country helping him fight this, this, this uh, circus that's surrounding our, our uh, uh, country as we speak. And he knows he's going to be the next president. Uh, they're scrambling. They're going to do anything again they possibly can do, you know, to put him in a bad light. But his poll numbers continue to go up. And I'm excited about that. And I think the American people are. Well, take a look at this. And it concerns me greatly. You know, every cable network in the universe is talking about President Trump right now. They had drones. They had helicopters following his every move today. And then he gets back to the Atlanta airport. He's about to get on the plane and he talks to the press and he comes over and he makes some comments, you know, and we'll play them in a little bit. We'll be talking to the president in a little bit. Um, but the fascinating thing to me, uh, CNN did not carry these remarks. MSNBC did not carry these remarks. They went out of their way to say the president is speaking. We will monitor it, but they're not going to show it with their viewers. Uh, I don't think they don't trust them. They don't want to help uh, uh, President Trump somehow. I mean, they really are out to cut him off and they want everybody to listen to them, not him. And as we get closer to the general election, I don't know, I get I get concerned about that. Well, not many people watch them anymore anyway. Uh, they're getting stomped in the ground with their ratings. Uh, 
but they're not journalists anymore. They, they've proven them themselves and everybody else. They're activists. They're part of the activist Democratic Party. Uh, they're making matters worse. If they don't start balancing out, they're going to they're going to try to have an opportunity for themselves to run this country straight into the ground. And I'm not sure that's not what they want to do. These people are smarter than this, Greg. You would think they are. I talk to senators and congressmen all the time that are on the Democratic side, and and I I, I say, what do you? How, how can you believe that we can do without fossil fuels? Why do we have our borders open, letting thousands of people coming across today? What good is that doing for the United States of America, the future? And for the citizens of this country, uh, they have no answer. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw the debate. I, I, I bet you saw clips at least, the debate last night. And uh, there was this moment, uh, they said, uh, will you support President Trump if he is convicted? And it was interesting to see what happened with the hands, which hands went up right away. Uh, some candidates seemed to look left and right and try to figure out what they were supposed to do. Uh, take a look at this, please. You all signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. I don't know if you could make that out. We saw uh, one hand in the middle, I think, of Vivek go right up. And then Ron DeSantis really seemed to figure out, OK, what's everybody doing here? Should I do it? Uh, there was um, they were indecisive, it seemed like to me. What do you make of that moment? Well, I, I think there's two people that really meant uh, what, what they were doing when they raised their hand. It was Tim Scott and it was Vicky, uh, the, the young man that probably uh, one all out in terms of the debate, because you can tell I've watched many debates, Greg, from from the coaching standpoint, when I was just a normal citizen, wasn't in politics. And you could always tell the people that that attacked the other person there. They were very afraid of this other person. So they're very afraid of this young man that's running now. That's very articulate. He understands what he's doing. He's not a politician. He's got all the answers. He's got the same answers that President Trump has. And uh, he, he would be a great uh, politician in the future. I just hope he doesn't get drugged down to the, to the level of some of these other politicians. But Tim Scott's a good man, and, and so is, I think, Vikic, I think that's how you pronounce it. And uh, I, th I think that, uh, that he probably won out this debate. Uh, it's Vivek, and I know that because I got to ask him personally. I said, hey, this is an unusual name. How do you say it? And he said, I appreciate the question, and he says it's Vivek. And a lot of people Vivek. say it the way you just said it, but it's Vivek, and I got that from him. Uh, so, hey, do me a favor. Um, stay with us. But two years ago, right about now, we were losing badly in Afghanistan. Just a horrendous loss, and uh, it was so... I think, avoidable. It didn't have to end that way. Uh, the Taliban now in charge of Afghanistan again. And I thought that there would be a total cultural kind of realignment in the military, you know, some real reflection about what went wrong and how it got, went so badly. I've seen none of that personally. And now we know that the Secretary of Defense and the senior leadership are committed to becoming, quite frankly, abortionists or facilitating abortion. Um, can you update us on, on the battle you're waging, which, by the way, if you haven't figured out, I support. I think that has been wildly mischaracterized by Democrats and the news media. Where do things stand right now? 
Well, first of all, that was a that was devastating what happened in Afghanistan. I just got to the Senate and I'm on the Armed Services Committee. I went through all the hearings for the next six or seven months with the Secretary of Defense and General Milley and a lot of generals that came in. Uh, it, it, it was really sad what happened. It could have been avoided. Uh, it was handled totally different than probably any other president would ever handle. Joe Biden blew this. He did it just to point to, to make a point that, hey, I'm running the show now. I'm the president of the United States. And he got a lot of people killed. And uh, I was the same way, Greg. I thought there would be a shakeup after that. I thought you'd see from top to bottom in the Pentagon things change. Nothing has changed. The thing that has changed is we're becoming more woke every day. Uh, we're being, we're being uh, probably politicized from the White House to the Pentagon more than it ever has been. And so with the, all these holes that, that uh, I do have on the generals and admirals for the last seven months, uh, th there's several reasons. One, the taxpayers are not responsible for uh, paying for anything to do with abortion. Number two, the American taxpayers deserve a vote on this. And uh, Joe Biden actually voted on this in 85 when he was a senator. Democrats passed this law where, where abortion was only because of three exceptions in the military. And uh, it, it's just the same what happened when, when, when this, when this uh, uh, came down. It came from a memo yeah. from President Biden. And it shouldn't work that way. <laughs> they've, they've got to go through the people. The Congress and, uh, and, and, and you're our representative and, and for so many others as well. Senator Tuberville, we have to leave it there. We're expecting President Trump uh, shortly. We appreciate it. Please keep up the fight. They are mischaracterizing the entire situation when they say readiness is being affected. That is not true. Um, I do believe, uh, having served in the military, and I know you know a lot about leadership. So all the best, sir. Many thanks. Thank you, Greg. To be continued. And uh, let's take another look at that mugshot. Can you believe it? <laughs> again, it's blowing up in their face. This is, uh, again, they're messing with the wrong people and the wrong president. We'll be right back. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. Uh, President Trump's plane arriving in Atlanta uh, a couple of hours ago, about maybe about three and a half hours ago. And uh, again, I think this drives the Democrats totally crazy. Every time uh, they arrest President Trump, they're, they're reminded of the success he's achieved, that he achieved outside of politics. He didn't join politics. He didn't run for office to get all this stuff. He already had it. Anyway, uh, an amazing day, but I guess they're coming, becoming rather typical uh, from the plane, a massive caravan, really like, like he's president all over again, a presidential scale caravan, uh, motorcade to the jail in Fulton County. Uh, they pulled up, waited outside. President was in there uh, for about 25 minutes, we estimate. And uh, yeah, the mugshot. Infamous or illustrious? I have a feeling you're going to be seeing this on mugs, T-shirts, uh, screensavers. <laughs> People will use it as their home screen on their phone. This is uh, this is going to be. This already is, in my opinion, iconic. 
Now, before he left Atlanta, he did address reporters. Uh, interestingly enough, MSNBC, CNN, who had cameras trained right on the plane, refused to play what you're about to hear. Go ahead. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. So I want to thank you for being here. We did nothing wrong at all. I happen to agree. This is an opinion-based show for the most part. I mean, it's facts, but uh, yes, I admit my bias. I admit where I'm coming from. I am pro-Trump. I like the policies. I also like the style. And I like him. And I think he's good for America. And quite frankly, I don't think it's right-wing. You know, right-wing has become a real pejorative. Our strong borders, right-wing, that used to be Democrat as well. Barack Obama said he wanted a strong border fence. Is keeping, I don't know, drag queens away from children at public school, is that right-wing? I, I think it's American. What about not getting into wars that go on forever, that are pointless, you know, and not winning them? Uh, well, anyway, I'd like to bring in our expert panelists, please. We have Joe DeGeneva, former U.S. attorney uh, in Washington, D.C., and Mark Simone, the great iHeartRadio talk show host. Uh, so they did it again, and I think they, they still believe they're going to rattle our cage or rattle his. Uh, Joe, that is not going to happen, is it? Uh, no, I, I think the president will remain strong, President Trump. I do think, however, that the American system of justice is rattled, and I think it's taking some body blows that are very, very difficult for it to sustain. You cannot have four cases like this, which are so bereft of legal foundation against the former president of the United States and not do severe damage to the public's trust in our judicial process. Uh, I think these four Democratic, the three Democratic prosecutors who are bringing these four cases have done irreparable damage to our state and federal judicial processes and uh, criminal systems. Uh, this, we don't know yet. We can't appreciate how deep the damage is. But as these cases proceed and they try to pick juries, God, God help us, they're them picking juries. Uh, we're going to see that irreparable damage has been done to our system by these Democrats. And make no mistake about it, uh, I am never going to Atlanta again, no matter what the circumstances. And I recommend to everybody, don't go to Atlanta. Make them pay. Um, all right. Well, wait a second, though. I mean, the people of Atlanta had nothing to do with this, right? I mean, yes, they did. They elected. Well, Patty I know. Willis. But, sir, I mean, look, I live in New York, New York County, Manhattan. Uh, only a handful of people actually elected Alvin Bragg. You know, they have these primaries on the last day of school. Uh, you know, they wedge him in there. And uh, anyway, I take your point. I mean, I'm frustrated, too. Uh, but I know there are a lot of innocent people in Atlanta who, uh, who don't deserve this. Uh, Mark Simone, what are you thinking tonight? Well, I know him. You know him. He doesn't just show up and take a, a picture for a mugshot. He plans it. He thinks. I know he thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. I would have gone with the smile. I'm sure he practiced that face. He's a brilliant strategist. Uh, he knows what he's doing. That look and that face, you're right, it's already an iconic photo. 
But that look, I think that's telling you what he's about to unleash on these people. He'll put it on T-shirts. He'll put it on hats. Then they'll go after him for using the mugshot, for exploiting the mugshot, which they created. The whole thing is ridiculous. You know, they, you know what it costs to do this uh, operation today, to follow him? You had to, the networks had to rent helicopters and send crews and people. It cost a fortune to cover that whole motor. Then as soon as he talks, they all cut away. That's usually the, that's the one thing you're there for, to hear if he says anything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a total and complete incontrovertible proof that the media are state-owned and totally corrupt. And uh, and so is this guy, oh, by the way, uh, Chuck Schumer. You tell me who's the real criminal here, right? Who should be booked uh, in jail? Take a look at Chuck Schumer a while back. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. <laughs> and a wild mob of maniacs showed up on Kavanaugh's front lawn in violation of the law. There's a specific law against that. Um, but, Joe, you're a lawyer. Did he break the law right there? Uh, I actually think he did threaten uh, a, a Supreme Court justice, actually two of them, because he threatened Gorsuch as well. Uh, I, d I do believe he broke the law. By the way, Chuck Schumer is a lawyer. Uh, and he should be disbarred for those comments. He should have been sanctioned by the United States Senate. He wasn't. But the New York bar did absolutely nothing about it. Uh, that's because the bar in New York is corrupt. Uh, they're completely controlled by the Democratic Party. Uh, any other lawyer that did that would have had charges filed against them in the bar. Uh, Chuck Schumer is a disgrace, not as a politician. Of course, you know, politicians are what they are. But he's a disgrace as a lawyer. Anyone who would do that on the steps of the Supreme Court should be disbarred. Yes, but I totally agree. And to show how corrupt it is, he's still a lawyer in good standing. They didn't threaten his law license. He goes on all the, sure. uh, you know, all the shows, the Meet the Press. Nobody, nobody ever asked him about it. And cancel culture is so real, Mark Simone. I think, you know, there are only a handful of lawyers willing to go on TV to defend Trump, not because he's not right on the merits, but lawyers are afraid of losing clients. They're afraid of uh, being blacklisted. Yeah, you know, everything they accused Richard Nixon of way back when, Democrats have done times a thousand from weaponizing the FBI, the DOJ, the Justice Department from, uh, you know, try, trying to cancel people, trying to make people outcasts. Everything that Democrats were against for a thousand years, they've now embraced uh, it's, I, I never thought, I, nobody ever thought they'd live to see this from Democrats. They're the ones supposed to be fighting all of this stuff. It's ridiculous. Well, it's, uh, it's sad. It's tragic. It's also, I mean, somehow I, it's, it's also kind of comical at the same time I said earlier, and I think we're going to triumph. I know we're going to triumph. I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm so glad you guys are out there. Joe DeGeneva, thank you so much. And Mark Simone, thank you. Thanks. All right. We are expecting to hear from President Trump shortly. He's on that plane. I think he is over North Carolina right about now. Trump Force One on its way back to New Jersey. Bedminster will be back shortly with the president. You know, folks, I thank God for my wonderful wife, my kids, my country, the greatest nation ever. And Americans like you who believe in the truth, the Chris Salcedo Show will never stop fighting for you. The Chris Salcedo Show, for the news you need to know. 
All right, we'll be hearing from President Trump shortly. He is in the process. He's on the plane, airborne, flying back to uh, Bedminster. We'll be establishing contact and talking to him quite soon. Who saw the debate last night? I actually saw it this morning, and uh, not so hot, all right? Uh, the candidates, let's start with them. Uh, there were one or two pretty good ones, uh, and then there were a lot of duds, in my opinion. But I think, really, uh, the real losers of the night. Is that too harsh? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, the moderators. Uh, uh, sorry, but uh, they got to update the whole thing. I think they have to update the whole notion of what a debate is and what their role is. All right. And also the people sitting in the room. Listen to this. And finally, we need to lower your gas prices. We're going to open up all energy production. We will be energy dominant again in this country. I showed it could be done in the state of Florida. I pledge to you as your president, we will get the job done and I will not let you down. Thank you. Woo! I mean, it was a little bit too intense. It's like a football pep rally or something like that. Uh, you know, I've heard Ron DeSantis say that. It was a fine point. Um, but was it really all that and the hooting and the hollering? And, um, you know, I like a genuine audience. Something not so genuine about this audience. Yeah, I know I'm talking about the audience, and it'll, it'll make sense here in a moment. Um, the booing, sometimes I liked it, sometimes I didn't. Mr. Ramaswamy, you were mentioned. You get 30 seconds. So the reality is that today, today, Ukraine is not a priority for the United States of America. Ukraine, not the priority for the United States of America. They did not like hearing that, did they? So who's in that crowd? It's not like they just put tickets online and anybody could buy them. All right. These are, well, President Trump called them out when he was campaigning for president at a debate in 2016. Let me, talk, let me talk quiet. I'll talk a lot of times, a lot of times, that's all of his donors and special interests out there. So, donors and special interests, yes, that's who gets to go to these debates. And uh, look, if I were moderating, if I were in charge of one of those commissions, I'm not, uh, but. I'd kick the audience out. And there's precedent for this, all right? Why is the audience in there, especially if they're handpicked and they're rooting for their person, and no matter what that person says, they're going to cheer and they're going to boo the other guy? Um, you know, we didn't do it this way. Uh, the greatest debate possibly of all time, uh, maybe, maybe most significant, Nixon versus Kennedy. Guess what? No audience in the room. Just a couple of cameramen and uh, two or three moderators, and that was it. Uh, a lot of debates are still done this way. Uh, I've seen local elections, statewide elections. I think this is something in California. No audience. And, uh, I mean, the people can watch it on TV, right? Um, also, I don't like, I didn't like some of the questions. They were very fake news-ish, right? And, uh, and this kind of stuff. Crime has been on the rise in Florida, Governor DeSantis. How do you stop Crime. Well, actually, crime's at a 50-year low not in Florida. In, we're, in we're, we're happy with that. Well, the statewide, it's a 50-year low. I can't believe it. All right, not in Miami. Like they were waiting to say that, and DeSantis is right. I'm look, I'm for Trump, but DeSantis is right, and they're they're just acting like fake news people. And then there was this one. You heard that country song that uh, some people are talking about.
Listen to this, and then asked him a question about it. Yeah. All right, I know some people are wild about that song. I happen to not be. These people are busy running for president. They got to raise money. They're not sitting around listening to the radio. That song is great for some people. It's only two weeks old, and they kind of assumed that everybody would know about the song. It was obvious some didn't, and they just kind of punted the question away, and that's fine. They're allowed to do that. I put this up as a gotcha question a little bit. No gotcha questions, okay? I don't think you have to have gotcha questions. I don't even know if you have to have questions. Just put a topic up. Immigration. Discuss. You have five minutes, and, um, you know, are, is it up to them to control the debate? Maybe it's up to Nikki Haley to make herself heard, right? Um, also, did you see this? So... If you were president, Governor Christie, would you level with the American people about what the government knows about these possible Look, encounters? Martha, and especially coming from a woman from New Jersey, <laughs> I, I think it's horrible that just because I'm from New Jersey, you asked me about unidentified flying objects <laughs> and Martians. Um, we're different. <laughs> Chris? Were they going to have drinks afterwards? I think she was just a little bit too enjoying the moment. I, 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 I don't know, right? I, I, okay, all right, no, no flirting in debates. Is that a rule? Yes, that's a rule. No flirting in debates. All right, uh, folks are not impressed with, uh, I hate to nitpick here, but uh, we're waiting for the president. And sorry, Mike Pence, he didn't get to speak until I think fourth or fifth. And when he did speak, it took him a long time. Vice President Pence, why would you be better at this issue than Governor DeSantis? Governor DeSantis on the campaign trail refers to your administration as not finishing the wall. Right. Right. Look. It takes him a long time to warm up and then say not so much. So here's another suggested rule. He's got to talk faster, okay? Talk faster. Um, and then there was this moment. Let's take this one in together. I don't quite remember. You make me laugh because you, you, said, you, sit, you sit here in an answer. You sit here in an answer. Right you sit here in an answer. Go ahead, Governor Hold Christie. Hold on, Governor Christie. Hold on. I actually, I'm not a big Chris Christie fan, so I don't care who was booing. I enjoyed this moment. He had it coming. He had it coming. Uh, Vivek, I think, said your whole life is based on grievance and uh, aggression or something like that. Uh, and who is Chris Christie to talk like this? Here's the, here's the bottom line. Someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct. Okay? Now, and... Now, whether or not, whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong, the conduct is beneath the office of president of the United States. After the roll, the monk. Uh, all right. So big words uh, from Mr. Gubernatorial, Mr. Wannabe presidential himself. Um, this is how Chris Christie got famous. All right. Bullying people. Let me tell you something. 
After you graduate from law school, you conduct yourself like that in the courtroom, your rear end's going to get thrown in jail, idiot. She should really be embarrassed at what a jerk she is. So listen, you want to have the conversation later? I'm happy to have it, buddy. But until that time, sit down and shut up. I mean, that, that, there's no style there, right? President Trump can be tough, but this is just kind of vicious and blunt and kind of thuggish, too. So I don't think he should be talking about how anybody should behave in my, my what's my, oh, yeah, Christy, grow up and give up. This is not happening. All right. Now, what is happening, we hope, is our discussion with President Trump. All right. He's in the plane on his way back from Atlanta. Here is the already iconic, uh, super viral, uh, like never seen before, mugshot. They want to destroy him. They're only helping him. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. Seconds ago, seconds ago, this is great news. He's back on Twitter. President Trump on Twitter, he just tweeted the mugshot, the mugshot. Election interference, never surrender, DonaldJTrump.com. Mugshot, August 24th, 2023. Welcome back. The last tweet, I believe, was January 6th, 2021. Who could have imagined on that day, who could have imagined that that day would be, which was a bad day, but it would be so, I think, exploited. It was exploited, and so many lies were told about January 6th. And who could have believed that Donald Trump would be 45 points ahead in the Republican primary polls and seven points right now, eight points in one poll in front of Joe Biden. So to recap real quick, and we will be speaking to Donald Trump shortly, uh, the plane landed in Atlanta and uh, taxied in. This is a familiar drill. We saw this. Uh, when did he take the plane? I guess he took the plane down to Miami. What was that case? Uh, what was that case? The documents case. Then there's this one. And then there's what? Alvin Bragg. And uh, I mean, they're all kind of blending together. Um, it's <laughs> look, it is what it is. It's, it doesn't shock us anymore. It kind of I don't know. It's it's almost entertaining. It's sad and tragic at the same time. It definitely is. But to watch him triumph in these circumstances, it's an amazing thing. So from the plane, it was into a, um, I haven't seen him in a motorcade like this, well, probably since the Miami arrest. I do remember that motorcade, a huge presidential scale uh, motorcade. And then it was into the, um, well, I guess it was the jail, the Fulton County Jail, got that mugshot. And Again, fascinatingly and maddeningly, um, all of this was covered by the media. Uh, that's fine. Um, obsessed with Donald Trump. Uh, but at this moment, when he had something to say to the people, uh, all the networks cut away, except for Newsmax and I think uh, one other. Um, they would not let their viewers see what President Trump had to say. They don't trust their viewers. I mean, what, what would be the problem? They can see it. Yet their their viewers, their listeners, their readers can't be exposed. It is it is so unfair and so arrogant, so elitist, isn't it? And here's something um, that's quite elitist. 
You know, January 6th, uh, this case revolves around uh, the election in January 6th. And I said a moment ago it was exploited, and it was. I remember this moment watching on TV January 6th, just seeing images, watching. And, you know, we had just gotten through Black Lives Matter summer, and I was watching. And the words the anchors were using and uttering, to me, did not match what I and we could see. Take a look. This is the United States of America, and we're watching protesters try to undermine the course of an election, a constitutional process, through force, by storming the United look, States look at, Capitol. Look at that. That is outside. Jake, I'm sorry to interrupt, but look at those pictures. Have you ever seen anything like that? I mean, these, these are protesters outside on the steps of the Capitol. They're physically in there. Well, it's a fitting end to an era that has been characterized by lawlessness. So I watched those images and I heard their words and it didn't seem to match. Now, some bad things happened on that day. A lot of that, though, we didn't see until much later. And so watch this, a little experiment. The same images, but we turn the volume down. No commentary, just images. Watch. It actually looks, um, could I say, peaceful? It was almost like those, those commentators were wishing something um, into happening, right? Encouraging something to happen, perhaps? I have to do this one more time. Um, Dana Bash on CNN. Again, the, um, the intensity, almost like they were wishing for bad things to happen. Watch. This is basically taking over, storming the Capitol in, 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 in a, it's anarchy. It really is anarchy. And the president has encouraged this time and time again. And they are stopping the constitutional peaceful transfer of power. Anarchy? Turn the volume down and tell me if this is anarchy. We should never, ever trust anything they say anything. I'm joined now by Judge Andrew Napolitano. Uh, the judge goes way back with Donald Trump. In fact, Judge, I seem to remember once when you were considered a potential uh, Supreme Court nominee by President Trump. I want to get your thoughts on today, but check me on that. Is that true? That was that actually happened, right? That was under consideration for a little while. It, it is true. And it did happen, Greg. And he made his choices and uh, I actually advised him to make one of the choices that he did make, which was his first uh, nominee. But yes, it was very flattering. It was a two and a half hour interview, Greg, much of it alone with then president elect Trump. And then we were joined by Vice President uh, Pence and some of his other um, uh, other advisors. A fascinating experience. I was deeply flattered. Uh, to have been considered for that position at that point in his life and in my career, and uh, it went elsewhere. Well, <laughs> uh, well, just to I be went, considered. I went back to Sixth Avenue and Forty Seventh Street. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think this is a better deal, quite frankly. I mean, you never see those guys, and uh, you're probably making more money now. Uh, look, this is the fourth time now, and I want to show you the mugshot. I'm sure you've seen it, and yes. uh, it's now on Twitter for everybody to see uh, at uh, Real Donald Trump at Real Donald Trump on Twitter. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, we haven't, even though this is the fourth time, essentially, that it's happened, we haven't seen a mugshot before. What do you think? 
Well, my thoughts are that uh, the former president is a, a master uh, turning lemon into lemonade. I mean, right now, nobody is, is seriously talking about any other Republican candidate but him. You'll see that mugshot on T-shirts and on mugs and all over the place being sold for profit uh, by his, uh, his campaign, probably starting tomorrow morning. And you'll also see his polls amongst Republicans, his approval rating amongst Republicans start to go up. Uh, he, he basically said, come on, bring it on. I need a fourth indictment because his pollsters told him once that fourth indictment came, particularly from a state court, particularly taking a state law and really stretching its meaning to to fit the moment uh, that it would actually help him politically. So uh, it's and it doesn't it's not damaging him. And that what I think really has Democrats um, panicking. I actually think behind the scenes they may be panicking and they're thinking of, well, how do we take this? How do we how do we still inflict damage? Judge Ludig, who I think has lost his mind. Uh, I actually really do believe that. Uh, sorry, but uh, listen to what he said yesterday. I believe uh, to a certainty that there will be secretaries of states in several of the states who will decline to uh, place the former president on the ballot. Uh, he wants secretaries of state actively encouraging them to not put him, saying that, well, he's guilty of insurrection, so that's justification to take him off. Now, number one, he's not even been charged with insurrection. I find what he is saying a clear and present danger to democracy. What right, do you this, think of that? This, I, I think I agree with you. This is a very, very dangerous area. Now, now Mike Ludig, whom I know, very well-respected judge, Reagan appointee to the Fourth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals, a brilliant and gifted guy, has now adopted this theory which came about from some uh, law professor friends um, of his and colleagues of his, that simply because there are allegations that Donald Trump may have had something to do with the slowdown in the count, it was delayed by six hours, of the electoral votes on January 6th, that Donald Trump gave aid to an insurrection and therefore state secretaries of state, the people that run the ballots, can keep his name off the ballot. That is extremely, extremely dangerous. He is basing this on state secretaries of state keeping the names of ex-Confederate officers who fought a war against the, the Union in the, in the war between the states. The secretaries of state kept their names off the ballot. There's no comparison between the two. Donald Trump is not accused of an act of violence. Donald Trump is innocent until proven guilty. He's not been proven to have had anything to do with an insurrection. As you point out, he hasn't even been charged with it. But this is a conservative group, the Federalist Society of all people. You asked me about going on the Supreme Court. They're the folks that did all the screening for Donald Trump. And two of their leading lights, among whom is uh, Judge Ludig, are coming up with this theory that independent secretaries of state can say no. Because of what you did or didn't do on January 6th, you can't get your name on the ballot in our state. Not going to happen. <sighs> Judge Napolitano, so appreciated. By the way, why I said what I said about Judge Ludig, um, he said during the January 6th hearings that he thought Donald Trump and his supporters are, his words, a clear and present danger to American democracy. And he was very deliberate. He chose his words very carefully. And I looked up what that meant. And that means you can essentially suspend parts of the Constitution to eliminate the threat. And that would, quite frankly, be me. Okay? I'm, I'm 
make America great again. I'm not a threat to democracy. Okay? Greg, you are not a threat to, to democracy. You are a great American. And All I've right. worked with you for more than 10 years, including at that other place where we used to work. Judge, uh, thank you for your friendship and mentorship, by the way. Thank right. you so much. We'll be right back. We expect to talk to President Trump uh, in about 10 minutes. We'll be right back. All right, there's the mugshot, already iconic, looking, uh, what's the word, badass, all right? Yeah, badass. <laughs> I think, uh, look, this is turning around to be the ultimate victory. I mean, all right, it's too, too soon to declare a victory, but they're trying to destroy him, and the opposite seems to be happening. That picture, the mugshot, his first tweet in over two and a half years. Yep, Donald Trump is back on Twitter. Uh, mugshot, August 24th, 2023, election interference, never surrender, DonaldJTrump.com. Well done. What do you think? Congressman Byron Donalds, Republican of Florida, um, big-time Trump supporter and is hot on the trail of the Bidens. Uh, welcome back, Congressman. How are you? It's good to be back with you. How you doing? Great. And, uh, I mean, I am great. I feel, you know, weirdly optimistic it's a tragic day, but somehow I think it's all going to work out. What are you thinking right now? Well, first, man, I'm pissed. Um, and look, after every one of these silly indictments from the radical left, it's it's really bone chilling to see that they are, are so crazy and they are so nuts that they are willing to unwind our, the very institutions of our government to extract some political revenge. And this is a very terrible thing for the country. Because what it does is it erodes trust in the very foundations of our government. And look, you cannot have DAs co going around with these crazy RICO charges, which, by the way, RICO was designed for the mob. And that's what, the, what they're trying to do is take, take disparate political actions taken uh, through the veins of going through the legal process of challenging an election and criminalizing it. That is basically a violation of your First Amendment rights to speech. They're criminalizing speech. They're criminalizing your ability to assemble. And all the while, they turned a blind eye to the real corruption happening with Joe Biden, with Hunter Biden. And I'll go more than that. We have the weaponization of the Department of Justice. We have the, the, the FBI that's turned a blind eye to so many things coming from the Democrat side of the aisle. And if the Democrats decide that all they want to do is pursue political uh, uses of the justice system, then it's going to destroy the very country that they lie so, so much to everybody saying that they want to save. This Me is a very terrible day for the country. I mean, meanwhile, we have Hunter Biden sitting next to his father, it looks like, uh, shaking down the Chinese. I mean, and and it goes mm -hmm. unmentioned by by dominant media, unmentioned. I, this is smoking gun evidence of corruption, and it is ignored. I can't actually get my hands and brain around that one, why they would ignore uh, a story like this. You know, it's just- Look, I, uh, said it, I said it on your air the other, I said it on your air, I think maybe a week or so ago, the real RICO charge is sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Because what we've already uncovered in the oversight committee is that crooked Joe Biden, and that's the, obviously that's the president's name for him right now, but crooked Joe Biden and his family set up a scheme to shake down foreign countries. It is pay for play. It is bribery. They're all in on it. And that actually is racketeering. 
So that's where we are right now, and it is awful to see what's happening to the country. Yeah, racketeering, like when you're accepting a bribe or like traditionally for the mobsters, right? If they're running a prostitution uh, scheme or a gambling operation, illegal gambling, they can charge you with, you know, even buying paper clips to support the operation. That's part of a crime. You made a phone call. You ordered something online to further the criminal enterprise. That's a crime. But uh, complaining about election results to election officials and to say picking up the phone to make that call is somehow a crime is is so utterly um, bizarre. I, I, can we, as we wait for the president, I know, I think you were on the ground in Milwaukee at the debate, and uh, what'd you think? Well, I mean, look, being there in the room watching the debate occur, Donald Trump was the winner. Some people really did a good job last night, Vivek Ramaswamy comes to mind, and a few others. But at the end of the day, Donald Trump is the dominant leader for the Republican nomination to win back the White House. And so until somebody of the other eight or 10 people, however many people are running for president, until one of them demonstrates that they can coalesce all the support from everybody else, I guess you could call it the undercard of this presidential primary process, um, Donald Trump's going to be the nominee. That's where we're going, Mm -hmm. period. Congressman Byron Donalds, Republican of Florida, thank you so much. Thank you for your service. We are joined now on the phone by President Trump. He is in Trump Force One, the aircraft, I believe, somewhere over the United States. Mr. President, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm very good, Greg, and thank you very much. And I will tell you that Byron is fantastic. He is a star on the rise. He's great. A fantastic job and a great Republican and great patriot. Yeah, we're crazy about him, and I love that you guys are allies. So, Mr. President, the fourth time uh, you were in custody today, it's totally absurd, uh, in my opinion. But uh, what was it like? How do they treat you? What was the experience like today in in jail? Terrible experience. Uh, I came in. I was treated very nicely. But uh, it is what it is. I took a mugshot, which I never heard the words mugshot that wasn't didn't teach me that at the Wharton School of Finance and uh, I have to go through a process it's uh, election interference you know that better than anybody you cover it so well you just a fantastic job I have to tell you for the listeners fantastic job Greg but it's a very sad experience and it's a very sad day for our country this is a weaponized justice department and all of these indictments and cases, I have a couple of cases that are not indictments, they're just cases where you have these left lawyers suing uh, on like a woman that I never saw before other than that case. she took a picture 25 years ago on a, uh, on a line, on a uh, contributor's line or something, or charity line. Uh, everything, it's just like one thing after the, uh, the next. And what they want to do is they want to try and wear you out, which they never do. But they want to wear people about it's just an absolute horrible thing that they're doing. And I've never seen anything like it. This is third world country. And I really believe they're getting hit by it. You know, we were going, there were tremendous crowds in Atlanta. And they were so friendly, so friendly. But this is a radical left district attorney, as we have in New York and as we have in all the other places, whether it's district attorney or AGs, we have that in New York. They're going after me all for nothing. I mean, the AG case, they have no case against me at all. They do it to try and get elected, but they also do it in, in court with the Department of Injustice in Washington. Terrible thing. Never happened before. 
You know, it's not working for them. I mean, so far, you, I don't think they ever could have dreamt that you would be going up in the polls and beating everybody by 40 points and be, beating Joe Biden. You, Tucker asked you last night, I think, you know, I, I, do you think they're going to try to kill you? There's going to be they're panicking. I think they're panicking and they're going to try something else. Are you worried about that? Are your lawyers worried about that? Is there something else you think they could pull? Judge Ludig said he wants to pull you off the ballot, have secretaries of state pull you off the ballot because he says uh, you're an insurrectionist, which you're not even been charged with. Are you worried? Well, I watched this guy. He seems like a uh, maniac. He's a, I don't know what his problem is, but he sounds he looks like a really troubled guy and everybody laughs at it. Even uh, over at CNN are laughing at it. And now their ratings are so low, it doesn't matter whether or not they laugh. But I have to tell you that uh, they will stoop to no way to try and win an election. They cheated like nobody can believe on the last one, and they want to do it again. This is going to be a different of cheating. This is a cheating that's going to be election interference. And I think what's happening is there's really been a backlash against it. I've seen Tremendous backlash, not only on your show, and you've been so incredible, but on so many shows that you wouldn't even think about it, and, and articles uh, where even Democrats say, don't do it, don't do it, please. You make it a terrible mistake. Uh, but, uh, you know, I went through an experience today that I never thought I'd have to go through. But yet I've gone through the same experience three other times. In my whole life, I didn't know anything about indictment, and now I've been indicted like four times. And all by the radical left, and it's in coordination, absolutely in coordination with the Justice Department. So, Mr. President, you, you're unique. You can, uh, you can take it. I want to. We got a picture of the 19, I think, co-defendants, and you know, some of them, you know, they're not possibly built like you. Some of them are just ordinary people. Uh, you got some people who just wrote a letter or wrote a memo, and now they've been charged and booked and all that stuff. And, you know, some people, I think Rudy Giuliani, you know, he can, uh, he almost lives for it. I admire him so much. Um, how do you view these 19? Do you view them? Are you in this together? Uh, they say co-defendants. And uh, like, how do you view them? Are you, are you one team? And also, I think they're trying to make this trial happen in October, uh, which sounds kind of crazy. Well, they wait three years to do it, and they take their time. Everything takes their time. And this is only not only here, but also deranged Jack, who is uh, absolutely, he's like a lunatic. He's gone crazy. But they waited years to get the, you know, to go through a case. And then they drop it right in the middle of the election when I'm leading Biden, Biden by five or six points at least. And, but right in the middle of the election, they drop it. And I, I tell you, you just said something that's uh, very true. I looked at some of the other mugshots. Can you believe it? And uh, Rudy's a tough guy, and Rudy can handle his greatest mayor. And your father was the greatest police commissioner, but the greatest mayor in the history of the city. Rudy shouldn't be going through this. He didn't do anything wrong. You know, he's the one, and we all are the ones that question the election. The ones they should go after are the ones that rigged the election. That's the ones that should be in trouble, not the ones that are trying to get to the bottom of what happened. It's a very sad thing, but Rudy can handle it. But I look at some of the other people. Now, I don't know a lot of those people. Uh, I don't even know that I've met a lot of those people, but some I do. And their lives are destroyed by these 
maniacs. These are animals. These are vicious animals that have destroyed the lives of these people. And, Greg, it's so sad. To see, and they don't have a lot of money. And some of them did almost nothing. They don't even know what they're being charged for. It's very, I mean, I have counts where I, you're going to love this, and Chris Ruddy will be thrilled. But one of the things is I told people, Newsmax. Did you know that? That was one of my counts. I told people to watch Newsmax. We love it, sir. We love it, uh, Mr. To watch Newsmax. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, but, uh, I, I hope you, I hope you don't get charged. You'll probably get charged because I mentioned your name. So, uh, but I think you'll be okay. I think it's a badge of honor, quite frankly. And uh, let's see what happens, uh, Mr. President. Uh, the debate last night. Uh, I'm sure you caught at least some of it. Uh, did you see a potential vice president on that stage? Did you really see somebody who might be eligible? And overall, what'd you think? Well, first of all, I did a interview with Tucker Carlson, who's a terrific guy. And I don't know if you saw the number of views, but it was a record setting number. It was, they say it could be close to 300 by the time it finishes. And uh, right now it's up to, I think, 257 million. And it is bigger than the, you know, the biggest ever interview was Oprah with Michael Jackson. I don't know if you know that, but that was, that's the all-time biggest. And I think we've doubled it up. So something's going on. Our country is dying for a good country again. We're a failing nation. We're a failing country. And they're absolutely... You know, they're looking forward to getting back to what we had. I had the safest borders, the biggest tax cuts. We had everything was doing so well. Our military was great. Russia would have never happened with Ukraine. China would never be thinking about it. You know, we had a country that people want to get back to. And that's why we had the comforts. Uh, as far as the sage last night, I thought uh, Vivek, as we say, did very well. They called, actually, his name is Vivek, like cake. But I thought he was very good. I especially like where I said I was the greatest president in his lifetime and long beyond. That's pretty good. I said, are you sure he's running against me? But I thought he was very good. Uh, I, I wasn't impressed with a lot. I mean, Christie got booed out of the room. He literally should have walked off the stage. That You know, I've been watching debates for a long time. I've never seen anyone booed like that. Uh, Asa, I call him Ada Hutchinson. He shouldn't uh, even be there. He's wasting room. He's wasting space and he's wasting time. The guy's got like one half of 1% and he doesn't stop. And he's a nasty person. You know, frankly, he's very nasty. I don't even know him. He says bad things about me. I don't even know him. But I, I don't think that, uh, you know, I actually like the governor. I respect him a lot. He was great. He endorsed me twice. Uh, the governor of uh, North Dakota, who I thought was, you know, I think he's got something very good about him. He's a high-quality person, considered a very high-quality man. You know, but, uh, uh, you haven't mentioned— you know, pretty much. I, I, thought, I thought a lot of them were way off base. Sure. Uh, DeSantis, you haven't—he's become less of a factor, but we'd like to play this for you. Uh, listen to this, if you don't mind. And I can tell you this, as your president, I will never let the deep state bureaucrats lock you down. You don't take somebody like Fauci and coddle him. You bring Fauci in, you sit him down and you say, Anthony, you are fired. So I, I don't know if you could make that out. I think he's implying he said the word coddled. He seems to be accusing you of coddling Fauci. So let me tell you about. Ron DeSantis, as I call him, 
Without me, he wouldn't be governor. He was failing desperately. He came to me, begged me for endorsement. I gave him the endorsement, and he went up like a rocket ship. He was failing. He was already out of the campaign. He was being beaten badly by Adam Putnam, who was the agricultural commissioner. And then I had him pass a very hot candidate at the time, a very, very hot candidate at the time in the general election. But he wouldn't have even gotten a nomination. He was down by 35, 40, tremendous amount. And I will tell you that he loved Dr. Fauci. And I'll send you some articles tomorrow. He said, let's not uh, do anything. We don't have the approval of Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci. That's all he talked about is Dr. Fauci. This guy forgets history. The other thing with the sanctums is, and you have to remember this, very disloyal guy, because you don't do that when somebody gets you elected. Then you say, yes, I'd be proud to run against him. Oh, that's nice. But I'll tell you. He loved Fauci, but he also locked down the state. His beaches were locked down. His roads were locked down. His hope, you know, he's trying to pretend that none of this stuff happened. Now, if you look at somebody like McMaster, Henry McMaster from South Carolina, if you look at uh, Christy Nome of South Dakota, if you some of the Republicans, they really didn't lock down. But Ron locked down Florida. I was there, and I can tell you, and he has to pretend He's got Fox behind him, although Fox has now given up on him entirely, I think. They're trying to find somebody else. They're looking for somebody else. Just like in 2016, uh, they fought me all the way. At the end, they said, oh, we'd love to. First phone call I got was from Murdoch, but the president of China's call first. And then I took other calls, and then I took Rupert. But uh, Rupert's uh, not somebody that uh, he and I don't get along very well. You know, it's very interesting. To go to the World Trade Center, there were going to be a tenant trade center, which was, like, uh, terrible. I'm talking about the new World Trade Center. They were going to move out of Midtown, their building, and I convinced Rupert not to do it. You're making a mistake. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a wrong look. You have something good. Send your lease and get options to buy and all this. I gave them great advice, and they didn't move. They were all set to move. I'm sure the people at the World Trade Center weren't so thrilled with me, but I got Fox, that whole news corp, not to move. I was a big favor because right now they have a much better location, better building, you know, better everything. I did him big favors, but he's another one that. So I will tell you that I think that uh, the sanctimonious, if you look at his record, you're going to see something that's so different from what people say. As an example, uh, Florida was third in the nation in death. Now, that's a horrible scorecard, but Florida was third in death. He was a big believer in the vaccines. This guy had lines for miles of people getting vaccines. Now he pretends like, uh, oh, what you think about vaccines? I mean, he really does. I don't want to call people liars, but if you check his record, it's easy. I will send you stories on, he said, I'll do anything without the approval of Dr. Fauci. I mean, I have stories all over the place. And then eventually when it became uh, not a good thing to say that, all of a sudden he said, Dr. Fauci, right. who is that? <laughs> so, you know, look, this guy is uh, he's dropped like a rock. He's dropped like an ailing bird out of the sky. And uh, I think he's finished. But but he's very, very uh, he's just somebody with a very short memory. So the RNC kind of seems out to get you. I mean, listen, Fox, Fox is uh, they've turned on you, not all of them, but most of them. And the RNC, uh, they've arranged two debates at Fox News. It seems like they maybe they did that because they had the understanding that you might not be treated fairly over there on Fox News. What do you think of that? 
No, I think the RNC has been good to me. I, I really do. I mean, you know, they go with, uh, I think Ron is a very good person. We've gotten along for a long time. She ran my whole Michigan area when I won Michigan in 2016. I then did much better in 2020 than I did in 2016, but that's another story. But she ran Michigan and she won. And because of that, I was instrumental in getting her to head the RNC. She's a very good. She's a very good person. Uh, they got for around election time. People are doing things with ballots that are not good. Uh, the the weakness there is we have to the Republicans have to get smart around election time. And I'm not just talking about the ballots. Sure, it's wonderful whether you vote on Tuesday or whatever. But the big thing is we don't want fake ballots put in. Okay, that's the nobody ever talks about it. We don't want fake ballots put in. And that's the most important thing. And we have to be very careful what the Republican Party has to guard. I call it guarding against theft and bad things happening around election time. You know, we used to have a thing called Election Day. Now I call it Election Period because some of these things are 60 days in voting. And it's like an election period. And it's uh, ridiculous. It would be wonderful if we could get back to paper or ballot, same-day voting, and voter ID. You know, the Democrats don't want voter ID. You know why they don't want it? Because they want it very easy. Interestingly, though, the Democrat leaders don't want it. But the Democrat people, who are wonderful people, they want to see it. Eighty-six percent of the Democrats, the people that vote, see voter ID. But the leaders don't want because they want to cheat. And the reason they want to cheat is their policies are so bad they could never get, they could never get elected if they didn't. You know, you just said Democrats, some of them are wonderful people. And I, I happen to agree. There are some, And you said it last night. You want to be president, you have to represent everybody, not just Republicans or conservatives. You've got to represent everybody, including Democrats. And I guess my question is, at some point, I mean, you're trying to secure the Republican nomination, and it looks like you will. It looks like you got a lock. At some point, will you, you know, traditionally alter the message for the general election? Is there a way... Because, quite frankly, you know, they're cutting you off from a good chunk of the country. The comments you made just before you got on the plane to come home from Atlanta, everybody was covering your every move, and they didn't cover that. They all cut away, uh, other than Newsmax and I think Fox. They didn't carry those remarks. So they're trying to cut you off from Democrats and, uh, you know, people who might be in the middle. But... I think that actually you could appeal to some of them, but you might have to talk to them in a different way, maybe, yeah. uh, because that's what some people say, you know, you got to do for the general election. Have you thought about uh, along those lines? Is there a way to win over some people who are not for you right now? Sure. I want to be the president for all of the people, Greg, and I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, we're way ahead of the Republicans, and I'm leading Biden by six and seven points, which is driving you know, the leadership of the party crazy. Why they do all of the things that you see about today with the election interference and all of this. And they want to take away your right to protest an election or the right of free speech. But no, uh, if you look back on prior to COVID coming in, we were having an amazing time getting along with Democrats, with everybody. It was an amazing, an amazing period of time. African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic, uh, everybody was doing the best they've ever done. Women, men, people homers, people without uh, Everybody was doing well, and that, it was all coming together. Then we had COVID. We had to rebuild it again, and we did rebuild it again. That was higher when I left the one than just prior to it coming in. But, no, you want to be the president of all of the people. And 
And the Republicans understand that, too. Well, Mr. President, we, uh, we thank you for your time. It's, uh, it's so horrible that this is happening, but it's kind of amazing at the same time you are winning, and uh, they did not think that this was going to happen. Uh, not in a million years would they have dreamt this scenario, 40 points on top in the Republican field and, uh, and crushing Biden by about seven points in the latest poll. How are you sleeping, by the way? In your, in your book a long time ago, you said you slept four hours a night. Are you still a four-hour-a-night guy? What, uh, you got a routine when it comes to that? No, but more or less, but I do, uh, I do sleep soundly, and I don't let it bother me because it is what it is. It's a horrible thing, and really it helps that, you know, when you have poll numbers like this, that means the people understand it. But you mentioned something before. Those people that have been so unfairly dragged into this, these are high-quality people. They don't even know why they're brought in, and those people have to be released. They have to be released from this horrible thing that they're going through. It's just a horrible thing. I don't even know. Again, I don't even know some of these people. But you look at them and, you know, they're older. Uh, they got involved in the greatest movement of the history of our country, Make America Great Again, MAGA. And uh, these other people are trying to. That all it. I think, do we lose him? Mr. President, you hear me? All right. Listen, you're breaking up and. Um we got to let you go about. I think you're about to land. Mr. President, if you can still hear me, uh, we thank you very, very much. And uh, this mugshot is, is something else. And welcome back to Twitter. All right. I didn't. Well, anyway, hey, that was a great connection when you consider it was a plane. He's on the plane the entire time. I don't think I've ever had that kind of strong connection. Hey, I'd like to bring in uh, Mike Davis, the former clerk to Neil Gorsuch, and also Mark Simone. You guys were eavesdropping on my phone call, I think. And uh, that's uh, <laughs> thank you. What'd you think? He sounds great. You know, it's vintage Trump. Um, you know, he's not down. He doesn't get down. Uh, um a privilege to talk to him, by the way. Um, what did you think, Mr. Davis? Uh, it's great to hear from the 45th and 47th president of the United States. And if these Democrats think that they're going to stop stop Teflon Don with this five-front lawfare, these four indictments and the civil fraud lawsuit by Tish James in New York, they have another thing coming. The American people see right through this. They see that it's political. And we're, we're not going to let Democrat prosecutors and Democrat judges and Democrat juries and Democrat hellholes like New York and D.C. and Atlanta pick the next president of the United States. The American people are going to pick the next president of the United States and Democrats are going to feel like their puppy got ran over by Donald Trump's lawnmower on November 5th, 2024. <laughs> um, Mark Simone, uh, the one and only, you know what I mean? There is no human being in the world remotely like that man. And I resent the fact that you make us follow the greatest guest in the world, the biggest exclusive blockbuster interview. Now, we have to follow this. Can I come on after Donnie Deutsch or somebody like that? Uh, I, I thought he was in great spirits. The strength was there uh, when you asked him if he has trouble sleeping. I could tell it didn't didn't even occur to him to have trouble sleeping. He's just the strongest guy in the world. I don't know anybody else who could hold up under this pressure. I think all of this, the you know, if, if they found some little thing and indicted him, maybe, but. 42,000 different charges, four different places. It looks preposterous. This is going to be the biggest backfire in history on the Democrats. Yeah, no, you can feel it. You can see it. 
uh, and Joe Biden on vacation. And it's disgraceful, really, um, that behavior. And we all saw it. They can't deny it. His performance in Maui, you know, the jokes, the self-obsession, the just overall inappropriateness. This is the one thing he was supposed to be good at. What, grieving or something like that? At one point, I thought Joe Biden wanted to be the funeral director of America, the funeral director in chief. And he doesn't even do that well, uh, Mr. Davis. Yeah, I mean, I saw President Biden tweeting out while President Trump is being booked with this lawless indictment by Fulton County DA Fannie Willis. President Biden tweets out a fundraising tweet during that time. And it just shows you that this is driven by President Biden. This is Democrat lawfare. It's Democrat election interference because they fear that Trump is going to beat Biden like a drum on November 5th, 2024. And it is time for House Republicans and these uh, Republican AGs, the, the Georgia Republicans, it's time to take off the gloves politically and legally and fight back here because this has gone on, this, this lawfare has gone on for a year since the Mar-a-Lago raid. And the, the reason that this is able to continue is because we're not fighting back legally and politically. And it's time for Republicans to get tough, defund this nonsense, call in these people for oversight hearings, open impeachment inquiries on President Biden and Merrick Garland right now. I'm still uh, the, the, the mugshot, if we can put that back up. And not only the mugshot, um, you know, is, uh, is circulated itself, but on a unique platform or not a unique platform, but well, unique for him. He hasn't been on it in two and a half years. Twitter. President Trump is back on Twitter. Uh, it's interesting. I wonder if he's going to continue the truth. I'm sure he will. I think he's, uh, what, part owner or something in truth, and there may have been, I don't know, a conflict of interest at some point or something had to be worked out. But Mark Simone's back on Twitter. Um, does it mean anything? What do you make of it? Oh, it means a lot. That was big, big news tonight that he's back on Twitter. Truth Social is a wonderful site. It's a great place to uh, to go, but uh, Twitter means a lot. It, he, I, something like 80 million people on his Twitter account. This is going to be huge. And when the networks won't show you what he's saying, when people are cutting him off and uh, trying to hide whatever he has to say, Twitter's very, very important to him. I think uh, this is a big night, a big, big night. The fourth indictment is probably the one that'll just, as you would say, jump the shark. It's just it's just too much. Joe Biden, I think, is not going to be the candidate. After Labor Day, when that committee really gets to work, I think they're going to uncover some serious financial ties to all of this uh, stuff. That'll be the end of it. He, he, Joe Biden only had three selling points, that he was a uniter. Well, obviously, he's just the opposite. Not only will he not unite you, he'll arrest you, he'll divide the nation. He was uh, uh, the sweet, lovable grandfather. That's gone. He wouldn't even acknowledge the seventh grandchild. Yeah. And that he was uh, a man of empathy. We saw him dozing <laughs> off at Maui. He's not a man of empathy. It's crazy. It's And, uh, and actually, Mike, I'm, I'm, I, I do want to run this by you. Uh, Chuck Schumer, you know, who's the criminal? Mr. Trump, peaceful and patriotic, or, or this guy, Chuck Schumer? Well, listen to what he said about your uh, former boss. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. I, I don't know if you heard the first part. He actually said Gorsuch and you used to work for. I mean, um, how do you feel about that? As somebody was in the office with Gorsuch, that seems to be a, a, a violation of the law. If you don't mind, briefly, please, because we got to wrap up. Yeah, it would, Chuck Schumer is a total putz. I also worked in the Senate 
where we confirmed President Trump's judges at a record pace and ran over Chuck Schumer on a daily basis. And so uh, Chuck Schumer is going to be stunned when President Trump is back in the White House after November 5th, 2024, to finish the job. Mike Davis, thank you very much. Mark Simone, thank you very much. And as we wrap up tonight, uh, we did the schedule a little bit differently. Uh, usually the show is on at 10 o'clock. We started at 9 o'clock. It is now 1030. I'm going to be wrapping up now and we'll be going to the right squad. And let's take a look at that one more time, huh? President Trump, I call this eye of the tiger, huh? Uh, you can't cancel that. I do believe 45th and 47th president of the United States. To be continued, and many thanks. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.